welcome to another special on location episode of the Leah Valley with Love podcast. I'm with Historic Bethlehem Museum and Sites Director of Marketing, Craig Larimer, and we're here at the Gemeinhaus, House, might also be known to some people as the Moravian Museum. Correct. Correct. So thanks for having us. This is a lot better than my usual digs when I'm doing a podcast. So I, I love to be in these historic buildings that you drive by or walk by every day and sometimes you you know you don't get the opportunity to be in that so this is fantastic thanks yeah. for having us here yeah well thanks for having me it's yeah. nice to host you in our in our facility here and you're right uh you know having grown up in bethlehem we can talk about that for sure but yeah. a lot of people who grew up here and still live here walk among these buildings and sites and have no idea what they're missing sure or if they have checked them out uh, it's been a while, or mm-hmm. you hear that a lot. So that's sort of my primary responsibility is to let them know that we're open for business and happy to see them. And, you know, I guess just as an aside, I, we were just at the library renovation and we posted a picture and there was some guy in there like, I haven't been to the library in 30 years. And the response was, you should go. You yeah. know, so um, we're going to talk a lot about events today, but even the, the non-events, even when it's just a weekend and you can come to uh, this museum or my favorite, the Kemmerer Museum. Um, you know, it is great that we have these resources and we're lucky to be honest to, to yeah. have these uh, to, to just enjoy on our, on our own, let alone talking about tourists and other people coming into Bethlehem and what these sites offer to them. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. You're, sure. you're new to the position, but definitely not new to Bethlehem. Um, I know you, you personally from, you know, the morning call working there for, mm-hmm. I usually said like 30 plus years and all different 30 years, all 30 years and all different uh, facets. So can you talk a little bit about your, your Bethlehem time before we talk a little bit more about the historic Bethlehem? Yeah. And it's all pretty interesting. My parents are from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and that's kind of where this starts. It starts with your parents for all of us, doesn't it? Right. My parents are from Pittsburgh. My father and his two brothers uh, attended Lehigh university okay. from Pittsburgh. And if you've been to Pittsburgh, and you've been to Bethlehem, you know that the two towns aren't, you know, they, they are very similar. They are. They have a lot of similar qualities. Uh, steel towns, yep. uh, hard work, uh, approachable people, mm-hmm. uh, good natured people who are welcoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, my family certainly fits that bill. So my dad and my, uh, my uncles were students at Lehigh University. My dad came over here looking for a job and got a job as a general assignment reporter with The Morning Call. Okay. Did, did you, what, what was his, uh, was he a journalism major back in that time? He or? was, I believe he was a international relations okay. major, more <laughs> interested in maybe studying, I don't know, studying. Uh, he was a, a gifted writer. Sure. For sure. Right. And, and both of my uncles are as well. And, you know, it's, it's a treat to go back and read my dad's stuff. Yeah. And he covered like the, like the stories he was writing about. You yeah, know? he started as a general assignment reporter. So he was doing cops. He was doing city hall. He was doing things like that. And uh, like most of us, uh, you know, you, you learn a little bit and you prove yourself a mm-hmm. little bit and you're given a little more responsibility. So he started covering Lehigh University football, wrestling, nice. basketball. Okay. And, you know, we're living in Allentown at the time. We moved to Bethlehem in 77. Okay. But growing up with, you know, Lehigh, just a few miles uh, south, mm-hmm. going over there to experience Lehigh University football, sort of in their heyday in the mid to late 70s, they were winning. Right, a I'm lot. sure like as a kid and you're on the, you know, D1, it's 
crazy, right? So. It was so much fun just to grow up with my dad. And he was sort of like a mini celebrity too. You know, you go to games with my dad, a Friday night football game, he'd ask my brothers or, or, or me to help him keep the stats. And he didn't need our help, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot to, to pay attention to. But he was also easily led to distraction because, you know, he had a lot of fans in the press box. And walking up to the press box, a lot of people knew, you know, Terry Larimer. I wanted to talk to him about the Lehigh game that was coming up on Saturday or the game right. that they were about to see. So that was sort of my first exposure to journalism, mm-hmm. um, but more my exposure to a lot of people because my dad knew a lot of people. Right. It's almost like, what? Are, wait, wait a minute. What do you do when you leave here? Oh, you have to write about all this? It's like, yeah. It's crazy. And to me at the time, I don't think I even had an appreciation for what those deadlines were like or that he had to like, I knew that he did it and I knew that it happened, but I wasn't quite sure how much was involved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was in grade school and I knew that the idea of turning around a paper in a relatively short period of time was a challenge. What a gift, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to actually sit there, watch a game and then interpret what happened, interpret the plays, interpret the the circumstance and the the importance right. of that Friday night. Um, and then, you know, make it relatable and then tell great stories about the the students and the and the players mm-hmm. who are behind the the wins and losses. So, you know, I I I went to Freedom High School. Uh was really fortunate to be there when I was there. I was a I was an athlete. I played soccer. soccer yeah. And we had some great teams. Don't you like, I, I know that you post all the time about the like the alumni game. Do they still do yeah. that? Are you guys still? Yeah, that's a big part of, along. Yeah, I mean, that's a big, that's a big, that's a really important occasion for, for me. And I think everyone right. uh, who does carve out the time to get back for that. I mean, let's face it. I mean, those are, you're making some meaningful, long lasting sure, relationships. Yeah. And we certainly had them on the soccer team and we won just about everything. Um, we were you guys really, were that good. In exactly. four years, yeah. we won m- almost all of our games. I think, you know, maybe you, you lose a state semifinal or, You're rough, right? or, <laughs> a, or a, you know, a, right. or you have a, a long lasting, you know, draw. We have the, the, the Pennsylvania state record I of the longest overtime game, longest game of all time. That's on YouTube, I yeah. believe. So if I can find it, I will drop the notes. I'll drop the link in the comment for the longest soccer game in PIAA history, I believe, in, at least in playoff history. So you graduate from yeah. uh, Freedom. Where, how do you get to the morning call? And then yeah, so uh, I was an, an art an art geek. I loved to doodle, love to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to do well enough in all my all my classes, but right. I really, really did well in you know uh, you know left my own devices to be creative, mm-hmm. to, to do illustrations, do some drawing, had some great teachers. Uh, Ralph Salazar was one of my favorite teachers growing up at Freedom High School. He really did embrace the notion that I could do this professionally in some way, shape or form, uh, commercial art or advertising or marketing. When you hear that from somebody you respect as a kid, you're like, okay, maybe I could, you know, it's, that's important yeah. to have that type of uh, you know, support. Yeah, and that guidance was essential. So. I wanted to keep playing soccer. I wanted to study art. I looked at Moravian. I looked at some smaller schools. Uh, actually found uh, Wilkes University sure. about an hour north of All here. Right. Similar fit, similar mm-hmm. size, similar look and feel to Moravian. Mm-hmm. Um, got along really well with the coach up there, Phil Wingert. Uh, you know, he recruited me to come up there. They had a small but growing art department uh, that had some pretty uh, gifted um, uh, instructors. Sure. So I uh, went up there, studied, uh, studied fine art as a fine arts major with a focus in what they called communication design. So 
Uh, I wrote for the newspaper. I uh, did some radio stuff. Some it must be neat too to be like, hey, I'm going with the stuff that I really enjoy this art, and then I'm maybe dabbling in some of the stuff that my my father instilled on me and the writing side too. That's neat. Yeah, I got injured too playing soccer, and I wanted to stay involved with the team. So I figured the best way to do that was to write stories about the game. So I would travel and and do little write ups for the. For the school like embellish it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I try not to insult anyone, you know. Well, yeah, they'd be like, I saw the article you wrote about my uh, missing the goal. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, does. you don't want to do that. Right. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to insult or embarrass them. They're, they're your teammates. You want to. You want to portray what they did in a favorable light, but you want to. You want to. want to stay true to what actually happened. So in '91, um, there was an internship opportunity at the Morning Call okay. uh, in their advertising design department. Applied for that, got the job, uh, did it for the summer. My father and I commuted into the office together. He didn't really have too much to do with it. He spotted it and that was about it. He said, hey, we have an internship down in advertising, but he was an editorial and so, the, yeah, no, the two I, were very I mean, separate. But that's part of it, right? Yeah, that's sure. why you have a dad who can help you out. You know, it, it's, um, it's kind of nice too, like if he can be, you know, maybe there, but not over your shoulder as well. Yeah, either, so. and he certainly was not that. I mean, he dropped me off and, you know, give me a hard time about maybe being late, you know, but it was great. I mean, it, it was a great opportunity. Uh, did a lot of great work. And uh, while I was there, I met Lorianne Wukic. So uh, Lorianne <clears throat> is the president of Historic Bethlehem Museums and Sites. And I got to know her while I was an intern sure. at the Morning Call in 1991. Oh, wow. So and you're working with her, <laughs> with her now. I don't want to gloss over your, your 30 years of the Morning Call. I bet that's, no. you know, it's its own podcast within itself. But I, I know you from your writing and, and you know, seeing you out and about. So, you know, how is it to kind of maybe wrap up that part of your career yeah, sure. and transition into what you're doing now with historic museums and sites? Yeah, so started in 91 as an intern. They brought me back in 93 full time and then little by little, bit by bit, you know, developed like their website. You oh, you can do that good, okay. Yeah, well, developed their website. They had an intranet site they were working on, started developing those things. That was sort of my bridge into joining the newsroom mm -hmm. is that, you know, through building the website, I had to be familiar with the daily news stories were and the, photo the photography and the right. graphics and those things. And then I started working as a designer in the newsroom. And uh, that sort of built upon itself, designed page one for a number of years, um, led the graphics and visuals department at the morning call for okay. a number of years as well. And then they moved the design work out uh, outside the, uh, the building. Mm. And the publisher said that I should uh, apply for the position as features editor. And I thought, well, if the publisher's telling me to do that, I should probably well, yeah, do that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but I had written some things, you know, I had, had proven that I could write and could, you know, edit and, you know, have a mastery of the English language. I can sure. do anything I put my mind to. Right. So started doing that. I'm sure they were looking around thinking, what does this guy know about this part of the I job? Like, what do I know about podcasting? You know what I mean? It's, it's almost yeah. the same. I'm not going to equate it to that, but it, it's really... You do it and, and you take your time to learn. And I'm, you know, I'm sure you had, like you said, your, your pedigree there, you, you did have some knowledge. So it isn't like you're just running in there with, with yeah. the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about it is, George, is that, you know, we were the last stop. I mean, we had to see everything. We had to understand the story. We had to understand not only what the visuals were, but also the background of the story, the context of the story. Mm -hmm. um, we would sometimes jump in and write a better headline or a headline that happened to fit better. So, I mean, you were involved in every aspect of right. it, even though your title said, you know, visuals editor, right. you were actually, you were an editor first. Mm -hmm. So you were responsible for all of it. So it was great training ground. And uh, 
but you know, I mean, it, it, it was time for a change and uh, you know, the, the, the operation got smaller Yeah, and I had been doing some colonial brewing over here too. So that's another love of mine and passion of mine. Are you personally was, brewing? Like is yeah. it colonial style? Is that what I'm like? You yeah, brew it as if they would have back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So a good buddy of mine, Chris Bowen, had been doing Dynam that okay. for yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris yeah. is Chris is dynamite, and he's just he's curious, and he has yeah. he's, he's an historian, and he's got um, you know great stories to tell and things to share, and he loves to experiment. So uh, I, my wife and I were over at Blueberry Festival, just taking a walk, and mm -hmm. we saw he and another buddy uh, doing this brewing over a wood fire in July, the hottest day of the summer, and. I, what are yeah. you doing? And he said, we're brewing like they used to in the, you know, 18th century, you know, doing this portrayal of Johann Sebastian Gundy, who was the city's yep. first brewer and became a civic leader. Not and necessarily. The Gundy House located yeah. on Main Street. That's what the visitor <laughs> center is. Right? Correct. All right. yep. Correct. So I started doing that. That's about maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little okay. bit longer. And got to know the people here at Historic Bethlehem a little bit better, Lorianne and, and what she was doing. I knew Lorianne. She was a, uh, she was supervisor. She was also sure. a friend and uh, we got along and we would have conversations and, uh, you know, um, sort of created another bridge for myself. You know, mm -hmm. uh, when it came time to make the change uh, from the morning call, um, it, it's a great opportunity to be here. Working here now is perfect timing for me. Um, and, and I think it's interesting, too, like with your position and I've seen other uh, people I know who kind of transitioned from journalism for some obvious reasons, you know, as, as things get tighter on that in that industry, uh, but it's great that you're able to take all that knowledge and things that you learned and now you're you're giving it, I mean, they're paying you, but you're you're able to take that for an organization that maybe possibly in the past, I don't wanna take anything away from anybody, but maybe didn't have some of that prior, prior training when you're talking about public relations and that. So I just think it's a great resource to have somebody who just has that, all that, you know, the wide knowledge, the Leah Valley knowledge and how to get that, that information out to yeah. people. Well, so, thanks for recognizing yeah. that and, and for, for saying that. Um, and I do take a lot of pride in it. I mean, sure. that is, I think, the most important thing about what I'm bringing to this position. You know, I'm from here. We live only a few blocks away. I walk to work. I am in it. I love Main Street. I love the people here. Uh, Charlene Donchez Maurer is a former president, is a, sure. is a friend. A legend. Is she is a legend. She's absolutely. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about more her efforts. An amazing bit, yeah. influencer and, um, you know, creator and developer and innovator and, and relationship builder. Mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't do what she's done without uh, having the patience, the understanding, the educational background, the passion, and just the thoughtfulness and consideration to bring people together to make things happen the way that she has. It's really quite amazing. And I think some people, I don't want to speak for everybody, but they hear historic Bethlehem museums yeah. sites and they go, oh, okay, so we're going to go to a museum. It's going to be that type of day. And it, <laughs> it can be, I find it like, I, I love going to museums, but for some, they might just think of it that way. Yeah. And while you are that, and while you do have the resources for the museum or in it, um, you know, there's so many more fun things that you're doing. You mentioned the Blueberry Festival, which is a historic Bethlehem museums and sites uh, event. But can we kind of maybe start wherever you would, would like to start? I know that we have an event coming up even this weekend. So let's talk about events in general, but then also that specific one that's this Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, May the... May 6th? May 6th. That's this Saturday. Yes. That's a few days from today. Yeah. So we have an event that's coming to the grounds just behind us. 
uh, at the Moravian Museum between the old chapel and Central Moravian Church. Uh, I think a mine house, which we're sitting in. Uh, it's the Antique Treasure Show, and it's our take on PBS's Antique Roadshow, which if you've seen that, folks are going to show up to have their items appraised by right. professional appraisers. It could be a watch. It could be a piece of art. It could be a home artifact. It, it could be something they found in their garden, digging yep. in, in, in uh, historic Bethlehem, and they get some pottery from the 1700s. Yeah. <laughs> So you show up, um, you know, the professional appraisers, it's a show. So mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be mic'd up and people are going to be invited to come up, talk about what they brought. And uh, the appraisers will talk about the item and give a little bit of background about it and then give them uh, an appraisal and, a, and, a, and, a, and an asking price. If, if they're if they're interested in knowing what it might go for, mm -hmm. they'll find that out, too. So it should be a nice day. The weather, I looked ahead, the weather's supposed to be decent. So we'll be outside here in the, on the green. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to the event. We did it last year, it was pretty popular, so we're bringing right. it back as a May event. And of course, we're, this is probably gonna go out on like, this is Friday, so you might be listening to this Saturday morning. If you're unable to make that event, there's so many others that are going on. And what I like what you just said, like you're having this outside on, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but some of the property here that would be possibly, you know, a future UNESCO World Heritage Site, if everything goes correctly, knocking on wood. Right. Uh, for everybody involved, they've been doing a lot of work there. But it's just very interesting that not only are you, the events uh, fun, but they're also in the shadow of these historical buildings that are just so well maintained and, yeah. and preserved. Yeah. So, you know, if you can't make it Saturday to this event at the, uh, at the Antique Treasure Show, um, you know, Saturdays at Burnside are another exciting program, and I adore that space, George. I know you love it too. Uh, the Burnside Plantation, oh our little farm in the city, <laughs> colonial farm, just behind Raving University, right along you, the Monocacy you Creek. You feel like you're in another world. Like yeah. honestly, you walk, even like when you drive down there, you know. Um, but once you you park and you walk out, it, it's just like where am I again? This exactly. it looks so good. It's so well kept. There were people there last time we went, we were just walking through and they're taking care of the garden, they're volunteers. So yeah, it's just a, it makes it feel good. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And it's um, it's sort of the best kept secret. I wish more people knew about it. Mm -hmm. um, that's maybe one of the reasons why we're talking today. Sure. When people do find it, uh, when they take the time to locate it and they're there, I mean, it's kind of magical. We had a few weeks ago, the vintage baseball game. Right. Uh, that was great. We had a, a great turnout for that. A lot and of coverage people, on that too. Like yeah, we did. really unique. If yeah. For people who aren't aware, they, Played a baseball game as you would in the 1800s. And, you know, it, as simple as that sounds, it's fascinating to watch that take place. It's like a Civil War reenactment, you know, minus the bloodshed. Right. right. There wasn't any bloodshed. We were, right. There were no accidents, <laughs> so we were lucky on the day. Uh, but the great thing about Burnside, uh, for the Saturdays at Burnside program, it's the first Saturday of every month. Okay. And you can check out the Colonial Barns, the Rustic Barns. There's two massive barns, a corn crib. There's a beautiful Colonial Garden that is... Uh, it's, 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 it's manicured and cared for by the volunteers. Um, and Pat Kapora is sort of our master gardener out there and uh, make sure everything is, is in line for, for plantings mm -hmm. and then for picking. There's also starting in June, we'll have a U Point We Pick event where, you know, they're going to be growing all kinds of vegetables and herbs and things like that. And people can show up on the Saturday at Burnside event and, you know, have an idea for what they might like to make a salad or maybe some kind of an entree. Yeah. And, you know, uh, have an opportunity to, to pick out some things they'd like. And then the gardeners pull it and, and you can take it home with you. It's kind it's of a nice event. You don't have to do the work. That's right. <laughs> well, they'll, we'll, be, we'll, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be asking you to become okay, a volunteer or to be involved in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> but also, uh, there's spring walking tours as well. Yeah. 
Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, sure. Well, we're in the Gemeinde House. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the, one of the most popular tours is the Old Bethlehem Tour, which mm -hmm. really gives you a good feel and read for our story. Uh, that's why we're here. You know, we're here to bring history to life by telling the stories of the history of Bethlehem. And it started with the Moravians. And it's an incredible story about how they were town planners and uh, people of faith, uh, people of education. People mm -hmm. were, were educated men and women, uh, which was you know, uh, really a for breathtaking step in the Moravian right direction. College, the first college to educate women. Absolutely. In the United States. Yep. So you get a sense in the old Bethlehem walking tour um, what they were about, what the Moravian backstory was. And we have an opportunity to walk through some of the facilities that they constructed, that they worshiped in, that they that they taught in, that they met in just to, you know, to get get their uh um, get their act together and, and to do their town planning and to, uh, to make the town work. Mm -hmm. So uh, the walking tour is great for that, walking through a lot of the historic structures in the area and just give you a little bit of color and background about that. And I personally feel like those are even good if you live here. Yes. In fact, I feel they're better if you live here because then when you have people come and visit, then you know all the cool stuff and you can walk around and, and kind of give your own version of that tour. That's why I love, you know, going on those things is to Take the history. We used to do, we used to lead a couple of the um, Halloween tours, mm -hmm. the ghost tours, I guess. And that was just so much fun because I got to also learn all the history in addition to to walking through. So I definitely recommend those for people who That's live here one. too, you know? That's a good one. Um, in addition to that, we'll have coming up uh, in May, um, offering a tour that's specific to the Colonial Industrial Quarter. That was, that was the United States' first industrial park. I mean, had everything there from a silversmith to a tannery to a grist yeah. mill. Was uh, it the first waterworks? Yep. Anywhere? Is yeah. It, yeah. They were uh, they were pumping potable water out of a spring and uh, and uh, you know pumping that water up to the area which is now this this uh, where Central Moravian Church is, and then delivering potable water to the community. That was the first of its kind. It's a it's an innovation, and that right. was happening in the middle of the 1700s. Mm -hmm. That's really amazing when you consider that. It was- uh, well, It's amazing that you can go visit kind. that pump house, you know, down in the- uh, in The Colonial the Industrial, Industrial Quarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's another tour that mm -hmm. we have uh, that's coming up. Um, so as far as tours go, those are, those are two really good ones. Sure. Um, just behind that, we have an exhibition that's coming um, in the beginning of June. It's called The Stories of Silk. Uh, it's actually called Unspun. The stories of silk, and it tells a story about the early Moravian experimentations with, with, with manufacturing uh, the world's most luxurious fabric, uh, from silkworms to cocooneries to those. Really? They were yes, this is actually it's a story that we're working on right now, and working on the panels and the installation. Um, so just telling that story and how that influenced the manufacturing, of, you know, and the creation of so many silk mills in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. It was, if you think that's about it. Extent, the Silk Mill in Easton, mm -hmm. that's renovate, they're doing fantastic things there. So that experimentation yeah. okay. led yeah. to an inspiration, which led to uh, the silk mills that we, that we, uh, that we, you know, that we had in the Lehigh Valley and that flourished um, in around that time. So that, that exhibition is coming June 1st and that runs uh, through January, 2024. And um, that'll be at the Kemmerer Museum, mm -hmm. which is right next door to us, and the Moravian Museum, which we're sitting in right mm -hmm. now. In addition to that, there'll also be a component uh, across the river at the National Museum of Industrial History. Oh, so great. all three locations are working together to tell that story. That's really neat. Um, and then you also have the Rooms to View House Tour. I don't know 
like during the pandemic, if that was a thing that you were allowed to do, I don't think so. So is, is, it, yeah. is it coming? Uh, well, I'll let you talk about it, but June 9th and 10, Rooms to View House Tour returns. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, sure. So that event has been going on for quite a few yeah. years. It's a very popular event. I love the preview night. There's a big preview night soiree and uh, there's a preview house that we have lined up. Um, it's just west of Center Valley, just west of uh, the promenade uh, with a beautiful view of the entire Lehigh Valley. It's a preview night celebration um, where it showcases a home and then it sets up the event itself, which we're featuring uh, in addition to that home, nine other homes in Bethlehem mm -hmm. and the surrounding areas where, you know, you drive by these places all mm -hmm. the time. And I wonder what that place looks like inside sure. these beautiful homes and their gardens. And you have an opportunity to go in to meet the homeowners, to hear a little bit of a backstory of, you know, the place, the dwelling, the grounds, the garden. It's a pretty nice event. I did one and it was oh, one of the homes um, just past, I don't say exactly which, but just past um, City Hall, if you were going east. And one of the, you walk in just like, this is, you know, I, I live half a mile from here and this, this house is just insane. And yeah. it's just, and not only that, it's just the, the historical nature of it, um, you know, the architecture. And then of course, the ways that they're staging their homes for this event are just, you know, it's yeah. uh, really, really interesting to see, even if you're kind of not into this stuff. I don't know. Like it's, it's just a really neat thing that I'm glad that I have the opportunity to check out. Yeah. And if you're interested, you can get tickets, uh, visit our website, historicbethlehem.org. Uh, tickets are available now for all the events that I mentioned, yeah. uh, the tours as well. You can book a tour or get a custom tour. If you get a group from work who wants to get together for a team builder or something like that, you can do that as well, George. And I mean, is that, as we come out of the pandemic, it seems to be a theme. It just was because we're able to do these things again a little bit without worry. I mean, of course, we're, we're always going to be cognizant. I think everyone um, has a different idea of what safe is for them. And that's always going to be welcomed, you know, but it's fun to be able to talk about these events and just be like, hey, they're open and, and we're come out and participate. And here's the information. Um, so, I mean, are you guys just as jazz as you can be in a historical setting for you know the you know these events uh, coming up this summer because it's just it's, there's something going on every week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, every week. Yeah, and I think that is the interesting part of this is that you know we have a giggle about it. You know, you hear the word museums and it, like you hear the word education or to learn, and it's like, uh, uh, but really, I mean, there's some really cool things we have here within that sort of traditional museum notion that you mm -hmm. might have a preconceived notion about a museum like the the toy exhibit we just had over yep. at the camera museum well, the, to the toy museum. exhibit but it was banned toys it was toys yeah, that right, could blow right, your finger right. off well not i don't yeah i mean there were a couple but you know they're like lawn darts so it was more <laughs> it was a real exhibition that was really like i took a bunch of photos of it and shared it just because mm -hmm. it's so interesting it's not just that i guess what you say your expectation of this must be boring. It was not at all. Like no. they had the, the crazy like electro gun and all that fun <laughs> stuff that you just never really see in person anymore. So stuff like that's really neat. Kemmerer Museum years ago, they had a tattoo um, event that it was like the art of tattoo, but then the uh, Alexis, who is the owner of Electric Cheetah mm -hmm. Tattoos here, very famous. She had a TV show. She was somebody who was giving the presentation there at that's this great. museum down the street. So that like that ever since I went to that event, it's always been a a special place for us. And I think Kemmerer is one that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, not because of anything that you guys do, uh, just because it's, you know, it's a smaller, yeah. maybe seems innocuous, 
but when you walk in there, there's so many fun things. And um, I got a tour of the um, the dollhouses in there, and it's just I can't even really describe it. It's is if you are in because the part of the Cameron Museum where they have it is like that legit back end of your museum right. where you know you have things in storage, but it's state of the art. Sure. So it was just really neat to see some of those ancient artifacts, you know, kind of in some of the, the new settings. So I, I can't say anything uh, better about the, the Kemmerer Museum. It's a really fun spot for me and my family. Yeah, that, well, that's a good take on it, George. And you're right that, you know, the history of Bethlehem, yes, it's 1741 history, <laughs> but it's also, you know, 1800s, 1900s. So people who have, you know, amazing, you know, collections mm -hmm. and, and are kind enough to donate them to us temporarily or permanently in our permanent sure. collection, there's a lot of interesting stories behind some of those artifacts and objects. So the cool thing about the museums here is that there's not a huge investment in time. I mean, you can breeze in and breeze out. Sure. It's not like you have to make this massive commitment mm -hmm. to being in the place. I mean, and if it's a nice day, you can drift in and check it out and get a feel for it and then wander outside and there's greens and gardens and things you can see. So, you know, it's not stuffy. It's not uptight. It's very loose, familiar. We're good people, welcoming people who just want to help you understand mm -hmm. the importance of being here and living here and worshiping here. And, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be dull. My Learning does not have to be dull. Well, my daughter <laughs> and I are walking through Moravians, um, God's Acre, for people who are unfamiliar, any Moravian community always set aside an acre of land. They kept it away from the water supply, and that was where they buried their dead. And in and, and Moravian, or from Bethlehem, uh, you know, you have American Indians who were buried there, African-American slaves who were buried in there. Yep. It was everybody. And, and I think that kind of, you know, collectivism and, and diversity is something that we can still celebrate today. And I guess my point was I'm walking through that a cemetery with my daughter and you know she's asking him are we allowed to brush off the graves and all that why are they all flat i'm like they believed in the democracy of death everybody was equal you know they don't have these big um monuments for this is the richest guy in town it didn't well necessarily put. matter yeah uh, and just i don't know being able to be in that and then you know 30 minutes later we're having lunch downtown and she doesn't appreciate it yet but I think she will, you know, as it gets older, it's just so neat to be around this history constantly as a part of our, like what we do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right about all that. I mean, and you're right about, and it's, it's, <laughs> I it's, it, yeah. it's not, she will be, it, it's irresistible it, because yeah. you're going to make it so, and it's irresistible because it is so, mm -hmm. so how could you not? I mean, we're all sort of testament to that. I mean, when you do spend time here, it's hard to put your finger on. It's hard to actually articulate what it is about this place that is so darn special. But, you know, yeah, it is the, the, the shops and the stores and the good places to eat and all that. But then you have this historical aspect that makes it approachable, makes it comfortable. And you know you're among special things when you're here. So that can only make you feel special. That I think that's it. At least it's kind of it. I agree. And I love how what you guys are doing in making it fun. And it's not, you know, anybody can do a quick flea market type thing, but taking the time to say, hey, we're going to do the antique stuff that people are really into, you know, that shows the initiative that I see why, you know, more people are, want to be involved in these events. The baseball event speaks for itself. That's totally unique. Like, who does that? So it's neat that we have these types of events to, to also participate in. Beyond the summer stuff, I mean, while, while yeah. we got you in the last couple sure. minutes here, 
um, for people maybe who are watching this, they, they might not be able to be here for the summer. You know, we know that the, the fall and the winter year round is always uh, a special time. Is there anything maybe in the fall or, or winter? Uh, if I could go back, I mean, we talked a bit about yeah. spring with the Blueberry Festival, which mm -hmm. is uh, in July, the middle of July, right. typically the hottest weekend of July, but there's enough shady spots and a cool breeze. And now, Scott, we were there last year. It was, you know, bands. It was everything you would think yeah, for live a festival music, at first sight. We'll be brewing beer again this year. There is okay. a, there you can get a good cocktail. You can get a, you can get a beer, a glass of wine, spirits. Um, there's a blue, blueberry brewery tent uh, <laughs> where you can satisfy your thirst. Then we have Apple Days in September, mm -hmm. another great festival at the Burnside Grounds, similar to Blueberry Festival, but with apples. Uh, we're brewing beer then too, George. We're <laughs> going to do it. What, banana Festival? And then we, uh, whatever's <laughs> and, next. Um, so those are great. We also have two summer camps that are coming to the Burnside. Okay. Well, we have one at Burnside, which is a week on the farm camp where kids can learn what it's like to be a farmer and right. you know, take care of animals, horses and sheep and goats. And that's kind of cool. And you're right there on that colonial right. farm. And uh, what you were talking about earlier with dollhouses, we have a make your own miniature dollhouse camp okay. uh, for kids over at the camera museum um, this summer as well. So if you're interested in that, moms and dads looking for their grandparents, looking for uh, something to do with your How was the youngest for that? I think we're, we're on the cusp for some of these Things. I might have to wait in my kindergartner. I might have to wait like a year or two for somebody. Yeah, camp. I think it's uh, over the age of six for sure. George. Uh, six. We're, we're coming up on seven. So I'll right. take a look. Well, but definitely take a look. And that's too like, I, you know, I just bring it downtown, you know, for, yep. for me. I mean, I'm lucky that I and I love that I live in the city of Bethlehem. So uh, it, it's great to be able to to have those resources too. listen, I'm looking forward to this weekend. You know, we'll be down here and we're looking forward to just more events. It's, it's great that we're able to, to get back out here. And yeah. um, I have to admit, this is one of my favorite venues to do a podcast. You could just set up in here and have like the history could. podcast. You know? We could do that. Uh, <laughs> might not be the last one. I, I'd love it. I just, love uh, fun. I, I, I really appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Um, I love where I am right now. The work, we have a lot of work. Sure. to do but it's i think it's just because you know there's a lot of exciting things that we would like to try and do and we're we're naturally curious too that's what motivates us and the one i guess we should finish on this because we've mentioned it a few times i don't want to go into too much depth because i don't have the the breadth of knowledge but we are in the process we talked about um you know charlene donchett mowers in provide or bringing a unesco world heritage designation um, to the city of Bethlehem and the way that they've done it, if I remember correctly, they have teamed up with a couple other different communities, one in Germany. Correct. And another one. Um, Grace Hill, Northern Ireland okay. is the and, other. Yeah. So, and they've all teamed up. And then I guess you can, if you want to speak a little bit more. You're doing uh, great. Okay. <laughs> so they've submitted to, to that and they're still like in those initial processes. And from what I've been told, these things, you know, they go at a glacier play, pace. Yeah. But it may be something in the near future that we might be able to look forward to. And if Bethlehem got world UNESCO heritage status, we are looking at a really a change in the amount of people coming here, honestly, I think. Yeah, it, 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 it's been an amazing thing. It's been an amazing journey, about 20 years in the yeah, making since Charlene and, and uh, Mayor at the time, Don Cunningham, mm -hmm. had a conversation with a group of people from Christiansfeld, Denmark, uh, who had, I believe, just become a world heritage site. And... Um, we would, at least we're being considered uh, mm -hmm. to be a part of a cluster, uh, an right. expansion of the, uh, the Moravian church designation. So it's a Moravian church settlements designation is really what it is. Right. So it's us. Um, we'd be joining uh, Herrenhut, Germany, 
and Grace Hill in Northern Ireland to join Christiansfeld, Denmark as okay. a World Heritage Site with this World Heritage designation. And yes, we're very excited about it. February 1st is when we got the nomination mm -hmm. from the U.S. government. So we've taken it as far as we can take it. Now it's our responsibility to educate people about right. what it means. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to this or watching this or both to learn a little bit more about what it means and its significance. We're talking about 24 locations in the entire United States right. have this designation. Statue of Liberty, the Grand Canyon, Yosemite National Park. Like the big boys. And historic yeah. Moravian Bethlehem would be among them. Right. Those big boys. That would mm. be the 25th. That is significant. Insanely so. Yeah. It, it is and insanely significant. And when people hear that, they say, oh, well, okay. It would be of only three in the state. With Falling Water uh, in the western part of Fayette County mm -hmm. and uh, Independence Hall in Philadelphia. There's only <laughs> two in Pennsylvania. Independence Hall. And, and that's just, you know, that's... To be talked amongst, you know, Independence Hall, I think we're on the level. We've had all those guys stay overnight at That's the Sun right. Inn, right? That's right. It's no problem for us to do that. It's just amazing. And I agree with you. I need to educate myself even a little bit more. You know, I, I was talking to some people who are closer to it, just saying there are people who their whole thing is traveling to these sites. And they're, right. you know, I don't want to talk about money, but they're big spend, you know, they, they take a lot of time. You right. know, it's a serious thing, which is just going to bring more and more people. Uh, but... Yeah, when you get on that short list, well, it, it makes you a little bit more, well, a lot more attractive yeah. than maybe some other places that are similar, like Williamsburg. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's incredible to think that we are, you know, this close to having it happen. There, there needs to be a couple of things that need to go our way, yeah. a few more assessments so and things. But, you know, we're, we're very encouraged uh, by the progress um, and that we're being considered and that the U.S. government is confident that we belong there. So, yeah. Okay. And then, that, like you said, the important thing now is I think for everyone to understand it, take a moment, read a little bit about it, mm -hmm. go to our website, learn about it. You can learn about it uh, very, very quickly. We have a timeline. We have a video that actually lays out the whole thing that well, I was. Uh, we'll, we'll include that in our links. Oh, so just look in there, yeah. Yeah. So the video tells the story about how we got here and also tells the story about why the Moravians, you know, what, what, what makes Bethlehem special? Mm -hmm. It touches on all aspects of that. And we're really quite proud of the video, you know, built it in house and wrote it's it great. along with, you know, the folks over there, the leadership over there mm -hmm. and Charlene. And, um, you know, it's all very exciting. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic time to be here. Busy, but fantastic. I love it. I'm looking forward to everything. My family's looking forward to stuff. We're looking forward to great. being even at tunes and twilight tunes at twilight, you know, downtown Bethlehem events where you can still, you know, see these beautiful places. I, you know, I don't want to speak for every different place, but I know that there might be opportunities to go into uh, like the blacksmith shop and stuff like that at, at different oh, events yeah. throughout the, the summer. So keep a look at it, but most importantly, go to the website, which is... HistoricBethlehem.org, check it out. The blacksmith, visit the blacksmith yes. for goodness sake. Headland, doing his thing. It is so <laughs> neat to walk in there. For, <laughs> there's a blacksmith downtown. I don't know his hours, but I know that he's there. And when you walk in, he's literally only the tools from that time period. And I just don't know where else you can kind of just stop and see a black off the street, you know, in between buying a book at the That's Moravian cool. bookshops. Really neat. Craig, this has been right. great. Thank, thank you so much for you, uh, the time. And yeah. we uh, we'll hope to see everybody get down to the antique event this Saturday. If you can't, go to historicbethlehem.org and you get all the information for all the upcoming events. And yeah, we'll see you there. Thanks, George. Thank you to our sponsors, Michael Bertadin with Remax Realty, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, 
Wind Creek Event Center, and of course, WXPN FM.